Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley welcoming you here to the podcast as we talk about the post game with St. Francis of Pennsylvania, who ended up being defeated by Illinois 106 to 48 in probably a game that most people thought was going to be one-sided, but few people expected it to be that one-sided. And to lead off here, we have got the director of recruiting for Illini guys, Kedrick Prince. Kedrick, there's a lot of things you saw today. Anything that jumped out to you that people will want to know about? Well, first of all, it was just really good to see them come out and shoot the ball the way they shot the basketball. It was great. They, you could tell last week that they looked tired. You know, I talked to Brad Sturdy, you know, prior to the game, and he talked about how well-rested they were and Kofi being wore down. And I saw – we all saw the great ball movement th- that they had. I was just really encouraged to see how well they shot it. Underwood told us before during the season how good of a shooting team this was. And I'm really, really happy for Brandon Pajemski because he just needed one shot to go down. And you could tell the kid was frustrated. You know, you can look at their faces. We can pretend that these kids, you know, don't have feelings, but they do. And you can see it. And he was just relieved. So it's nice to get those kind of wins, especially after last week. And, you know, now they're starting to look like one of the top teams in the country that we thought that they were. Yeah, it was exciting. I mean, you know, they they shot. They had a they 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 their shooting percentage uh, dropped in the second half. They only shot uh, 62 0.86% in the second half. So when your shooting drops to 62% in the half compared to the prior half, that tells you where we were at. Uh, they, they shot 69.57. So essentially 70% in the first half. Um, and, and amazingly, um, 53 and 52% respectively from the three point line. So when you are knocking down, it, it ended up being 52.9%. Um, 18 for 34 from the three-point line. Uh, it is just amazing how quickly a game can get out of hand when that happens. Uh, Ked, what do you think contributed to such a hot shooting team today? Again, I have to go back to the rest. I know they had finals. They put a lot, of, they put a lot into the Arizona game. But I'm going to tell you what I think the shooting does. We have to give Kofi Coburn credit. He requires a lot of attention. And you really can't double down on him. You just can't. So, you know, from an X's and O's standpoint, I, you know, I think that all those kids who meant knock down those threes, Jacob, Trent, Alfonso Plummer, all those guys, they should shake Kofi's hand. It's kind of like the linemen in football. When the quarterbacks drop back to throw the football because the linemen are protecting them, Kofi's that guy who's doing that for them. I, I don't think people realize how much of a magnitude he is and he brings to the table. Because it is tough for people to double team. Because when you got a team surrounded out there with shooters, when they can all make shots like that, and I think they broke a record tonight um, for three pointers. So, yes. this, you know, this this is looking really, really good. And you know, the Arizona games in the past, nothing you can do about it. And it's just nice to see them. They, they look, they were having fun, sharing the basketball, and. I know a lot of fans were disappointed with a lot of the loose balls. I call them fit ball. Everybody calls them 50-50 balls. Some of those were just bad breaks. And it was also good to see Coleman Hawkins get out of his shooting slump too. Yeah, I thought 
<coughs> excuse me, I thought the, the biggest thing as, as somebody who's done a little bit of coaching was when they reverse the ball and they get it around on the backside, that really makes the, the defense has to rotate. And, and so when Kofi pops it out and then they skip it across the court, uh, you're going to get open shots. And, and these Illini players, let's give them a lot of credit because when you give them an unobstructed or uncontested three, they generally make the other teams pay for it, don't you think? Oh, without a doubt. And I want to give the fans something, you know, that probably will make them smile. On that one sequence when Kobe got the rebound and he kicked it out to Trent, I believe, and then they swung it around on that backside. Plummer hit that three-pointer. You know, one of the bands is sitting at press row. You can hear a lot of the comments from coaches. And the St. Francis coach looked to his other coach and says, how in the hell did you defend something like that? That's an awesome quote. Yeah, that, that, is, that is a great quote. And, um, you know, uh, that type of unselfishness seems to be what the coaching staff is striving for. And certainly you can also see when they're out on the recruiting trail, why they're looking for guys who can shoot like that because this offense just gets darn near impossible to stop when you've got guys who can make the defense pay for that uh, rotation. And then when they have to keep up with a skip pass or, or you reverse the ball back around, it just makes it really tough. Um, do you think we're going to be in a point once, once they start hitting those threes by reversing the ball around, Kofi might be uh, wide open coming off uh, a roll on the backside, you know, from the backside. Uh, I think we might be seeing that play coming our way here as teams have to go out and contest those threes really hard. Yeah, you could see that. And you, today he got more touches today, and they were in spots where he could score. I don't know if fans remember, but when Brad Underwood was at Stephen F. Austin, when he got the job at Illinois, one of the things he talked about was his first team at Illinois was he's used to having a bunch of guys that can shoot it. He struggled with guys that can shoot it. If you remember that first year, the only true <laughs> yeah. guy on that roster that could just shoot it was Trent. And yeah. that was it. He had a bunch of guys that couldn't do it. Now, this is why you don't fire coaches in two or three years. He has his guys in the system, and he's still recruiting guys that can shoot the basketball. I mean, I don't know if people realize, to me, you know, RJ Melendez can shoot what you've seen, and Luke Goody. They're going to be other guys that can still do that, and they're still recruiting, you know, to, to that. So, Kofi's going to get his too, because I think if they continue to move it like that, like you said, and um, and he and he's making his free throws. This is a team that I felt like I was too bad that they fell out of the top twenty-five because people bailed on them. But I know this: if you talk to a lot of coaches across the country, Mike. They're not going to want to play Illinois right now. They're just they're, – they're tough to guard. And I'll tell you another guy that I'm really, really – I'm happy with and I'm, I'm glad to see is Trent Frazier. Trent Frazier is a guy that shoots off the bounce. Trent is not a great spot-up shooter. Can he do it? Heck yes. You put the ball in his hands when he has to create and cross over and pull up and shoot it, his percentages are not even close to the same as being a spot-up shooter. So having the ball in his hands – is a good thing. And I remember last year, Coach Underwood did that. When Isle had the ball in his hands, halfway through the season, they put it in Trent's hands. I.e., look at the Michigan game in Arbor last year, how he took over. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's interesting as you see the team 
get utilized and, and you starting to see that, that, that now with some practice, um, you know, the guys are in places where they can take advantage of what they can do well. And, it, you know, some of that just comes from, from reps together. And, and then of course, you know, the, the other guy that I think is just so overlooked by both the media and, and to be honest, fans alike is Jacob Grandison. Again, here he is, you know, your typical, I mean, you know, 18 points on eight shots, you know, how hard that is to do. Um, and, and if you remember, even IO had a couple challenging game last year where he would have to do, you know, he'd have to take 18 shots to get 20 points or something. But when you can get 18 points on eight shots, that is pretty amazing. And then that's on the same night that uh, Plummer gets 19 points on 11 shots and Kofi gets 21 on 11. That just bodes really, really bad things for whomever you're playing against. Yeah, and he will, uh, going back to Easy Jake, as bad as the world calls him, he yep. was four for six. He was four for six from three point line. Yeah, he's he's another nice transfer. And for some reason, it's so easy to forget about him, you know. And everybody talks about Plummer, which you know he's fun to watch. But you're right, Jacob has been solid. I mean, I truthfully, he was one of the reasons I think Illinois won in Iowa City. Yeah. And he kept Illinois in the game when they played Arizona. He's just not afraid. It's nice seeing guys who aren't afraid to take the big shot and they're confident. And when, when you're moving the ball like that, it's funny because when you watch the games, you think the shot's going to go in every time by certain guys. You just think that they're never going to miss. And that's all confidence. And that's something about Underwood is instilled in them. And they know the offense now. They're more comfortable with it. Well, you know, Jacob Granderson reminds me of Fred Couples. For those of you who watch golf, particularly back in the 90s, Fred Couples was probably the the best golfer prior to the to the Tiger Wood ascendancy, and and old Couples he had this backswing that was just the smoothest stroke you've ever seen, and even when he walk up to the tee and just crush the ball, it looks like he could fall asleep during his his swing because his motion was so relaxed, and when Grandison shoots those threes, he looks like he's out there playing horse with a with a little kid no no like you said he's just got kind of ice water in his veins and and you know next thing you know it's just the ball's in the hoop and he's jogging down to the other end as if nothing happened and I, I really love that type of uh, mentality in a in a player that's a great comparison I remember Fred Couples around the Greg Norman area and you know what when you look at him he shows no emotion very very good comparison I just think this team is special and I think Instead of people trying to worry about the little things, what if we did this? What if we did that? Enjoy the ride. Enjoy this. Because there's not a, there's no Kofi Colburns out there. You know, and in the past, Mike, Illinois had basketball transfers who were just brutal. They didn't yeah. pan out. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to name names because that's not fair. But these guys that they have right now, I mean, they're difference makers and, you know, kudos to the staff for finding the right pieces. You know, and it's too bad because Austin Hutcherson, we never got to see, you know, him blossom. But you could definitely see that there was another good pickup by the staff. I can't ever question, you know, what they do from a recruiting standpoint because they see things and they 
they are really recruiting guys to fit their system, not on star rankings. They just recruit Illinois everyday guys that can run it and defend and shoot and pass. And I mean, Brad runs good sets. They ran that dribble weave up top and got a nice backdoor pass to Coleman Hawkins. That's why I said just enjoy the ride because this is going to be over before you know it. And you know, you know, in a few weeks, Big Ten season is going to start. And with all these games being missed and Illinois may be in a situation where they miss some, and I'm just going to enjoy this because it doesn't come around very often. Yeah, and it, it, it's quite a um, quite an event when you get a chance to see um, really, and I, I'm, I'm going to focus on one player, but, you know, Kofi Coburn, let, let's be really truthful about this. I'm 54 years old. We've never seen a big man even remotely, I'm not even talking somebody in Kofi's shoot, not in his neighborhood. I'm, we haven't seen anybody in his town. And and even, you know, Myers Leonard, who ended up having a very nice NBA, you know, who had a pretty nice NBA career, tell a proverbial, you know, self-inflicted injury, um, it doesn't even really compare to what Kofi's doing. And I try to sit back and I watch these games and I try to sit back and just say, you know what, I have to appreciate what I'm seeing. Because in 54 years, I've seen nothing like him. And the scary thing is, is most likely I'm going to have to live to 108 to see somebody as, as dominant and, and to be truthful, as exciting as he is. And, and let, me go outside, let me go outside of the lines here for a second. As somebody who's in the media, you get a chance to, you know, occasionally talk to Kofi. I bumped into him at AAU tournaments. He is literally, and, and you hear this stuff, but it's, it's true with a guy like Kofi. He's literally one of the nicest guys that you could ever run into, period. There's no qualifier. There's no yeah, but. It's just that's what he is. And when you put that whole package together, um, you know, I, I really hope he decides to stay here for his full five years. I don't think it's going to happen. But – I really appreciate having him around and he really makes, you know, he's really making Illini basketball fun to watch. And I hope everybody really understands what a treasure he is for this program. Some people may misunderstand this statement. I'm not saying he should kill Neil, but he really is. If 20 years ago, Kofi would have been a lottery pick. One year. You know, I mean, seriously, he was that type of player. And you're right. Mike, we're the same age. I'm 54 as well. I've seen the Deion Thomases, Lowell Hamiltons, Ephraim Winters, Sheldon Clarks, all those guys. Never have uh, has, I've, I've seen a player like Kofi Coburn. And that's why I mentioned to you a few minutes ago to the listeners, enjoy this because he's a huge difference maker. He makes the game easy. And he is a good kid. And I know a lot of times, you know, you hear coach speak or we're being media guys. He's a good guy. I mean, I just don't think there's a mean bone in his body. I just I, – I revert back to that Michigan State game last year when they were hammering aisle when he got hit. Anybody else probably throwing the punch. He just took it. He looked and he just took it and he, he, he rolled on and just he went on about his business as usual. I just – to me, like I said, I, I'm enjoying this because it's, it's a fun team to cover. When they're winning, it's fun to hear the fans in the back cheering. You know, today the students were gone at State Farm Center, and it was rocking again. 
And, and that's what Brad Underwood said when he came here. He wanted to keep that tradition going. And Josh Whitman talked about the champ being here. And, you know, you, you know, the champ, you know, the championships run through champagne. That's the kind of mentality you have to have. And I like the, the coaches that he's hired, Whitman. You know, I know we're talking basketball, but we can obviously see that, you know, Beatle was going to get done on the football staff. That's why I said enjoy this because, you know, Illinois has not had long-term success in some of these sports. And, you know, basketball has been a little bit better. But I just – I'm enjoying what I'm seeing right now. And I hope they can get that monkey off their back, you know, get in the tournament and win a couple games and just prove people that this isn't a fluke. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and of course, you know, we have to we have to get to that point in the season. I'm, I'm very confident this team will get there. Uh, the other, the other, there's two other stats that jumped out to me. One was good and one was, was bad. One is, is that I realized this, this team wasn't as good that they competed against, but Illinois kept their turnovers in single digits. And that was something that, again, I think we were going to see an improvement, but it wasn't going to happen until the coaches could get all the players and kind of grind a little bit in practice and start putting together, you know, two, three, four, five days of practice and get some reps. And and I thought that the team was much crisper. Their entry passes were much better. And you didn't see those lazy lob passes that defenders literally start salivating when they see up in the air because they know they're going to get an interception. Well, to me, my, my philosophy is a little different. Go back to fans and watch the game last night. If you had nothing to do and watch Wisconsin play Nickel State, I, I I respect every opponent now. I mean, you know, I'm not into the days now of saying, oh, this team was good, not good enough, because you could be beat on any given day. There's tons of upsets. But you are 1,000% correct because those passes that they were making turnovers, that's what a week's worth of practice will do for you. You're able to correct those things. You're able to watch game film and then go out there to show them what you should do differently. But the opponent, I think Illinois came in because they were hungry after a loss. And, you know, and a lot of teams come off flat after finals, and they didn't. So I, I, I respect every opponent that they play because you never know. And we've seen games where teams that are 0-10 come to Champagne and Illinois wins by four or five points. So I'm going to take the W and move on from it. What I really want to see now, though, is that trophy come back from Missouri to Champagne, where it belongs. Yes, and I don't want to ever see another team get 17 offensive rebounds against us. I know some of those were some some fluky bounces here and there, but that was probably the only uh, negative stat that, that Coach is going to have to beat them over the head with. But I have to admit, um, Illinois destroyed them you know, um, on the boards. 44 to 27, but somehow lost the offensive rebound battle uh, 17 to 13. So, so I think really at least it gives coach something that he can harp on um, during, during practice this week is to make a big deal about the, the offensive rebounds and sealing your man and going after the ball. I'll tell you this. I, I bragged about sitting at press row. This time this is not a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> If the TV could show Coach Underwood, we could definitely hear what he was saying. Those offensive rebounds, I mean, I'm sitting in a chair. I was afraid for those kids to come off the court. He was not happy today when those offensive rebounds. Well, I tell you what, that was 
I'm sure there was a couple gosh darn it guys and some aw hecks. And um exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought I heard, Mike. Yeah, that's what I, I folks, I hate to say that on the you know, here on the podcast, but you know, we'll 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 give you the 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 poop scoop here right right away. Uh, it was it was definitely uh quite a uh, uh you could see in even in the TV screen, you could see Underwood on a couple of those times. Um he was very emotive and uh, was was definitely trying to get his point across with passion. With passion. <laughs> I like that about him. I like to see that side of him. I don't, you know, he was very aggressive when he first got there, and then he kind of got quiet a little bit. I like to see him be more aggressive as a coach. I think some people are rubs the wrong way. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. I like it. His, his teams play hard. That's the staple of Brad Underwood. You defend, you guard, and you rebound. Yeah, it's not it's not a, it's not a hard game, you know, if you, if you really put it down to that. And and um, the other part is, is your shots go in. And I really feel like for the first time in Underwood's tenure, he's got a team that shoots at the level that he would like them to shoot at, if that makes sense. Well, he said it, you know, he said it today on the post game press conference and a lot of coaches won't say that, but he just said it. You know what? You know what? We are a good shooting team. And I knew this coming into it. And the guy that we talked about earlier, he was really gay. I'm sitting in a press row and, you know, we're all neutral, but I heard a number of guys say, I want to see a shot go down with this kid. That's why I tweeted it because he's trying. When the games are over, he's the first one out there working on his shot. You know, he's the last one to leave practice, and I think he's going to be okay. He's not going to obviously do what he did at Wisconsin in high school, but I think he – and you can see – but again, what I like, I'm a big body like this guy as a coach. You can see he wasn't powerful. A couple guys had sad faces today, you know, and he could turn those frowns upside down, as they used to tell us in kindergarten. But you know what? It's Division One basketball. you got to produce. you got to play. But you got to be a good teammate as well, and Brandon's one of those guys. Yeah, I think Podzimsi is going to be fine. Um, <clears throat> the game, obviously, you know, playing at a smaller school, the game, you know, you have to you have to pick it up. And of course, any of those, any of you people, you know, uh, who are listening, who's ever had the um, pleasure or terror of you know going out and scrimmaging, you know, or going out and playing basketball against a a high major college basketball player or somebody who ends up in the NBA, I tell people you really have no idea how good an NBA player, you know, or the, these high level players are. Um, and, and a lot of times you can, you could, you know, if you ever get caught on a court with a guy who never plays in the NBA, but he's sitting on the end of an NBA bench, you know, for a decade, that's probably the best basketball player you ever played against. And you're going to be amazed how good he is. And when you get to this level, it just takes some time to come up to speed and get used to it and adjust your own body to play in against that level of an athlete. And I think, I think Podzimski's there now. Yeah. You know what? If you go back and look at Iowa's first year, it took him a while to, you know, to adjust to it. We all know how good he is in traffic. But I will challenge anybody to go back to his first 10 to 15 games at Illinois. Those layups that he, he makes with this go-to move and the still lives today in the NBA, he struggled making that early on, Mike. He, did, he didn't make a lot of those. So, I, you know, it takes a while to adjust to some kids. Some kids adjust to quicker. Uh, I look at Kobe, 
And I go back to his freshman year, all he could do was dunk a basketball. Now he has footwork. He has a left hand. You know, he has a, a decent mid-range game. And we can talk about his free throws. I mean, the game slows down for them. And today, I don't know if you can see it on TV or not, he was talking to his teammates today. That's just nice to see him do that. And that just shows growth in him and the team. And, you know, although there was a couple of times where Luke missed an assignment and Coach Underwood kind of, you know, was nice to him and told him how much he loved him. But you can see Kobe, you can see Kobe put his arm around his back and just tell him what he should do. So the growth is just amazing. I'm just really, like I said to you, I can't say it enough. I'm enjoying this ride. It's a fun team. And it is nicer when the shot goes in. Everybody's happy. Yep. Well, hey, also now, and thanks for all that, Ked. Um, Kedrick Prince, Director of Recruiting for Illini Guys. And now uh, we are joined via satellite from Brad Sturdy, the uh, ultimate Illini insider and Illini guy founder. Uh, Brad, what what are your thoughts on the game today and, and what you saw? I know you had a, a front row seat there and you've been uh, spending some time with the team. Give us your input. Yeah, that was, it, it's interesting to see, um, you know, them use the scouting report. I mean, it was fun to watch the actions. Like, I knew what actions they were going to run. I was uh, sitting next to Larry. I told him, all right, first play is going to be this. Second play is going to be this. Um, and so it's fun to it's fun to kind of know what's going to happen before it happens. And they worked exactly how they were supposed to work. It's almost like the, the scripted 15 plays they always talk about in football. Um, the, you know, the scouting report, um, I thought Illinois did a great job. Obviously, you know, that team is overmatched by Kofi. Um, they tried very a bunch of different things um, to try and slow him down. Didn't work. They tried to slow down, um, you know, do some things to maybe get, you know, slow down three-point shooters and then at least Kobe open. So they were just in a pick-your-poison kind of mood. But what – and everybody's going to talk about the three-pointers. Everybody's going to talk about that. But what, what impressed me was that was a team that came in averaging 1.061 points per possession. Elba held them to 48 points. If you take out two guys who make threes at the beginning who shoot about 20% from three, yep. if you take out those two threes, you know, they didn't get 40 points. That is a that is tremendous, um, you know, execution on the defensive end as well. And I think sometimes, you know, we watch all the shots go in, 103 points, you know, obviously is a great, but the one thing that I really liked was that they really guarded today. And you take away some of the points they scored at the end, um, you know, some, you know, the free throws when they got to the basket, maybe and some of the, against some of the reserves. I really think you see, you know, that this team is starting to get there. They're now ranked 11th in offensive efficiency, and they're ranked uh, 35th in defensive efficiency. And they're, they're climbing. You know, this is this is what you want to be. You want to be getting better. Obviously, the week of practice really paid off for, for Brad Underwood and his uh, coaching staff. So, Brad, tell tell people a little bit about how you got some of that insight into what was going on with uh, the scouting report and, and how you could coach fellow Illini guy Larry Smith through what was going to happen. So, I – this is – they do a um, – when Illinois gets ready to play a game, they have a two-day game prep. So, literally, they will play – you know, they started on Thursday afternoon or evening or whatever with the first film. Then they break down the next film um, on Friday morning, and then they do a Friday evening film breakdown.
touchdown, and then they have Saturday morning walkthroughs at 6.30 Saturday morning because it was such an early game. So I got to attend those and, and kind of watch the practices, watch the film breakdowns, be a fly on the wall, and kind of see what they do, what goes in. I got to talk to the coaches, go back and see how they do scouting, what they go through. And so, and you know, it's really fantastic to just see how they put everything together. Um, you know, I'm like, for me, this is like being a kid in a candy store because I love like X's and O's and I love strategy and I love, you know, this is what I do. You know, this is what, like me. And I, I think this way, very analytical and that's just my, my mindset. And so it's, it was so much fun. I uh, really appreciate the access that, you know, Coach Underwood is coaching staff and the, um, and the, you know, not the graduate assistants, the managers, all those people that they gave me and the players. Players were wonderful. Got to talk to some of them a little bit and, about scouting and what they go through and what their thoughts are on it. And, and um, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to have a three-part series starting tomorrow um, on IlliniGuys.com. Oh, sweet. Now, just for um, people to know, Brad, I want you to take us through how many years you've been coaching because there is some perspective that you bring to this type of uh, exercise of being able to – to prepare, you know, for a day and a half or two days with the team. How many years have you been coaching just to kind of give folks a little bit of context to what you brought to the table? I think I would date myself, Mike. So like 28 years. So, um, but that definitely dates me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I feel I, I pretend like I'm only like 30. So well, I've been coaching since I was two. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, so you, you see that, but Brad there, um, you know, is, is obviously he has a coach's perspective as well, not just the, the typical fan perspective um, and, and with all those years of coaching. So when, when you're looking and you're, you're choosing like, you know, do I, do I subscribe to Illini guys or not? You know, one of the things I think that we can bring to the table is, is Brad's got almost 30 years of coaching. I know Ked has a significant um, resume in terms of coaching at multiple levels, uh, plus running his own AAU program on top of that. I've coached for about 15 years. Um, and so, you know, I'm by far the newbie of this group, but we can offer maybe some perspective that, that you might not get anywhere else. But then you add the fact that there's, you know, Brad's actually – uh, you know, has the ability uh, to earn the access and and get a chance to to see how that that, that goes in terms of putting together a game plan. And really, that's something you're only going to find at IlliniGuys.com. Um, anything on the offensive end of the floor? I know people focus on the threes. Uh, what did you think of the ball movement today? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you see, uh, one of the things that Underwood talked about was one of the reasons that they went with the starting lineup that they did is because of they are so good offensively when you have guys who pass the ball. Trent Frazier, you know, did a fantastic job running things. You get um, the ball move. Jacob Grandison making excellent passes. Benjamin Bosman's for dog with his passing. Defiant Kofi. But they always seem to make the extra pass today, except maybe there's like one possession in the second half where Kofi didn't kick it out when he should have. Like, but when you can go back to one possession when you didn't kick it out when you should have, that's a pretty good day. I mean, you know, so it was just fantastic to see that ball. That one possession, or I think it was somebody drove baseline, kicked it to the left side, went all the way around the horns to the opposite corner, and, and, you know, they drained a three from the corner. I think it was Plummer. Goody makes the extra pass. 
Plummer hits the three. Any one of those guys could have taken that shot, but they worked it and got the better shot. And, you know, when you're playing good basketball, it, remin- it was reminiscent of the, uh, you know, the 04-05 Illini, you know, who, um, you know, we, we watched, you know, move the ball so well and pass the ball so well. And, and this was very similar. And, boy, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, anything that you that you saw out there uh, that, that you wanted to call out uh, in today's game? Because we know it was, uh, you know, obviously it was a kind of a blitzkrieg. Uh, and, and I don't think, you know, I know people expected Illinois was going to win. I'm not certain if people thought that they were going to hold uh, the, uh, you know, St. Francis under 50, nor am I certain that people thought we would, uh, or the Illini would pull out over 100. Um, anything jump out to you based on what you saw in the scouting report, plus, you know, just your own insight? Yeah, so Illinois is now, just to give you some perspective how crazy this, this was, Illinois obviously set the record for threes with 18, but they're 88 for 200, 44% for three over the past seven games. They scored 1.767 points per possession. This was a slow-paced 60-possession game. You would not have known that watching it because they're putting up so many points. That's an insane efficiency. Like, I've never – I've gone back now. I didn't make it all the way through. I've never seen that level of efficiency in an Illinois basketball game in the past – I've gone back to 2005. I haven't gone before that. That's an insane number. In fact, I may go back and start looking at other teams because I'm not sure that there's very many games that actually score at that level. It's, it's, it's unheard of. And that tells you how efficient they were on offense today. And St. Francis is not a great defensive team, don't get me wrong, but they're not near as bad as Illinois made them look. Um, and, and so that was my that, – that's really impressive. But the other thing is St. Francis really is a bad offensive team. They have some pieces. Illinois took away exactly what – they made them do exactly what they wanted them to do. And and everything they got was what Illinois wanted them to get. There was maybe a couple of breakdowns, but overall it really did a great job of following the scouting report that was planned for them. Excellent, excellent. Ked, any, anything that uh, comes to mind after you've had a chance to listen to Brad or any questions you might have? Oh, the one thing I mean, I know, uh, you know, the efficiency of moving the basketball and how well they shot it, and you're right. They took a team today, a legitimate Division One team, and made them look bad today. So I just – and, you know, Brad, I, the X's and O's and stuff, which is one reason you and I are friends. We kind of nerds when it comes to breaking down games and seeing things like for me. And I, this sounds really weird, but, like, I sit and I watch a game, and there's two guys that I, I will tell you right now that I can tell when they release the ball if it's going to go in. Luke Goody's a good shooter. But when he fades back, he has not, he's never made one of them. The two threes he hit today, watch his body and watch him. His feet were square, his shoulders were square, wasn't leaning to the left or right, and the other was Coleman Hawkins. Coleman doesn't shoot the ball the same today. Either somebody said something to him, and he did. He didn't short arm it today. I look at little things like that with those guys, and I know coaches see it too. But, like, for me, you know, from a Nexus and O standpoint, I just like to analyze to see things and then go back and watch a game or two when a kid did something differently. So it's just good that Brad got to see that today and to see what they go through. I know it's fun to watch Division One athletics, but I'm going to tell you right now, fans, playing Division One sports is fun, but it's a job. They require a lot of t- a lot of your time, and you don't get a lot of free time. You just don't because they're demanding of everything. 
Brad, any uh, any final thoughts from you as we talk about this victory, which was a, a much needed one? And of course, we're all hoping that this it's a new thing I heard today. This was a bridge game to bridge Arizona game to uh, Missouri. Um, and I guess you never, ever want to be the coach of a team that's that's referred to that way as the bridge because that, that means somebody's going to walk all over you as they go somewhere else. But um, uh, any thoughts, any final thoughts that you have for this game? I mean, you know, obviously this is Illinois now should be ready for Missouri. I, I really, you know, Conzo's going to be have Missouri game plan. He's going to game plan defensively well um, and, you know, try and do a good job of, you know, slowing Kofi and stopping three-point shooters. But I think it's going to be tough, but Illinois got to really come out with that same kind of focus that they had against Arizona and they had today. And, you know, over the past, you know, what is it, seven games, I think it is Illinois six and one. And they played in that stretch, they played four high major teams. So it isn't like they're beating up on, you know, you know, this, this long three. So they're beating good teams. They're taking care of business against quality opponents. So you just keep building and you can see what practice. You know, even Allen Iverson, even though he doesn't like practice, you see what practice did for this squad this week. They had some great practices. Brad, Brad told him this morning, he said, hey, you just stacked four days in a row. This is day five. This is our chance to stack this fifth day. Um, and, you know, this is exactly what they did. They stacked this day, and now they, now they go out and recruit. Um, you know, they're going to be at Ace and Thomas' game tonight up in Lake Forest. They're going to be down at the City of Palms tomorrow in Florida watching you know, Kylan Boswell and, um, uh, you know, Jay Nepps and, you know, another guy, Whitney Young's up there. So they're going to be down there. So they're going to watch some recruits over the next couple of days, and then they get back at it Monday and Tuesday, game prep for Missouri. And, um, you know, that's, that's the, the cycle right now. Perfect. Well, that is a uh, fantastic uh, perspective from both Kedrick Prince, the uh, Illini Guys Director of Recruiting, and Brad Sturdy, the Illini Guys Ultimate Insider and uh, co-founder, co-owner of IlliniGuys.com. Please remember, now that you've listened to I on the Illini, we also have IlliniGuys.com that you can subscribe to. Please come over, give it a try. You have a seven-day trial. There's, you'll get your money back if you don't enjoy it. It doesn't happen, but we still have that offer out there. You get the greatest information. Uh, Brad Sturdy, as you heard earlier in the broadcast, has fantastic access. You get the, the, the latest and greatest information on Illini Sports. We obviously have Ked, Kedrick Prince, Director of Recruiting, who is tied in with recruits across the country. Also has deep ties, uh, not just in football, but basketball, or not just in basketball, but football, either way you want to look at it. Uh, has a ton of relationships on the AAU side and the seven-on-seven -seven side in football, AAU and basketball. And we also have Matt Stevens, our staff uh, writer who's been covering the Illini, who has experience uh, covering Mississippi State, Auburn, and Purdue. So you get a lot of information that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Uh, Larry Smith, former CNN and NBA TV anchor, who's uh, a TV anchor um, at NBC. 
as well in Lexington, Kentucky. So there's a lot of folks that can provide you unique insights into Illini athletics. And we would love to have you there. Of course, we have Illini legends who post on our board. Uh, people, you know, you can run in and get an argument with David Williams about who's the GOAT of Illinois football. That's always fun. Um, and there's plenty of other guys out there as well. We would love to have you come out and try it. And the other thing we have is the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular Radio Show. You can go to the radio tab on IlliniGuys.com. You click on that and you will get a list of all the stations that have the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. It's a two-hour, once-a-week radio show that goes to 25 stations across the state of Illinois. It is a fantastic option to listen to Illini sports. You get to listen to, it's it's two hours of Illini broadcast where we talk about what's going on with Illinois sports. We occasionally will throw in some Bulls, Io. Uh, we'll throw in Bears, Cubs, Cardinals, White Sox. So you'll get a little bit of other things uh, as, as well. But it focuses on Illinois sports and what's going on in Champaign-Urbana that you care about. So please go to that, take a look at it. We also run the Illini Minute on many of those stations. That's a one-minute a one update that you can hear during the day that just gives you the latest and greatest on what's going on in Illini sports. Uh, it will prepare you for later on in the day if there's a game, et cetera. But please come and take a look at IlliniGuys.com. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country or halfway across this planet, IlliniGuys.com is the best place to be. And you know what? It's so good that you'd be shocked at who out there covering Illinois sports has an IlliniGuys.com subscription. Thank you all very much, and we will talk to you after the Missouri game.